Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. Happy Monday. Uh, whatever day Monday is. Someday in July, training camps are underway. I'm Will Brinson. This is CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. Uh, first, a quick message to all the haters out there. When, when football's happening, we talk about football, okay? There's a month where we don't talk about football. It's hard to do. Uh, we're talking a lot of football today. Training camps all last week. Got people, uh, Canvassing the country that we're going to talk to, including uh, a legendary Florida man who's on the phone right now. We're recording this on Friday around lunchtime, just as an FYI. If for um, for some reason Zeke Elliott uh, signs a new contract or uh, Michael Thomas gets $20 million from the Saints, we'll probably just record an emergency podcast rather than amend this one because we got a lot of football stuff to get to with the one, the only, Pete Prisco. What's up, Pete? What's going on, Will Brinson? Uh, making my way through training camp and uh, been a active first three stop. Let's put it that way. Ooh, well, let's we'll get to those in just a second. Um, I do want to ask you. So you are leaving Jacksonville for Tampa, is that right? Correct. Okay, and you are driving with a speakerphone up near up near you, and you are up driving pe- with the speakerphone. Yes, yes. but I'm just driving with the speakerphone by my face. Yes. So you can hear me. Yes. And as we discussed before the pod started, you were in a rental car that beeps when you change lanes, which led me to wonder, do you put on your turn signal when you change lanes? And your answer is No. <laughs> no. Is that not is hey, that is, if you put on your if you put on your blinker when you change lanes in Fort Lauderdale, you may as well forget about it. You'll have time to change lanes. <laughs> that's actually I ninety five is out. I ninety five in South Florida is a racetrack. That's actually that's actually a very good point. Nobody people don't care about like if you if you like put on your turn signal and check your blind spot and slowly move to the right, some motorcycle has already filled the space or some dude in like a, a beat up Honda, like an eighty six Honda is coming flying through. So you're you're not wrong about that. I'll give you I'll give you credit for that. Um let's uh you don't go ninety on I ninety five in South Florida, you're getting passed. A lot. <laughs> a a lot. Um all right, we're going to talk about some, uh, first we're going to talk about guys, we're going to talk about some quarterbacks in need of statement years, and then we're going to get to, uh, the, the various training camps that you have, uh, that you have been to, and if we have time, we'll run through the NFC South position battles. Uh, I don't want to keep you too long, although you do have a long drive. So, and just to, just to catch people up, because I, I like to know what your whereabouts are. You were first in Denver, and then you flew to Baltimore, no, to Atlanta. I went home. I went home for a day mm-hmm. because there was nobody open yet. Yeah. Because Denver opened way earlier than everybody else. So then I went home for a day, then went to Atlanta for two days, came to Jacksonville on Wednesday, did their stuff on Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday, actually. And now I'm on the way to Tampa. Okay, you know what? We're just gonna, let's just dive into these training camps and we'll get to the quarterback focus and maybe the NFC South after that. Cause I think this is more interesting. Um, in Atlanta, we talked last week about the Denver stuff and a very, uh, very good takeaways from that. I'm, I'm optimistic about that offense and the defense and the Broncos as a whole. Um, in Atlanta, where did you, and I know you know that, that organization pretty well. Uh, where did you get a sense of, the Julio Jones stuff. How, how, where do they stand? Are they going to eventually pay him before the season starts? Cause I assume he wants them to make it right before he gets out on the field in the regular season. There, that deal is already a wink, wink deal done, I think. Oh. Just talking to some people, I, I got the impression when I said that they kind of chuckled. So, uh, yeah, I do think that deal is going to get done in the next week. 
what I think will happen is, and I think Michael Thomas, this is the, you know, I heard this in Atlanta from some guys. They think Michael Thomas deal will come in around 1905, 1903, 1904, and then Julio will top it. Mm. So funny. And, and then, uh, you know, he'll become the, Michael Thomas will be the highest paid receiver for about eh, a couple of days, a week. And then Julio will top it. And, wow. and that's the way I see that thing playing out. Yeah. So, so in other words, Julio's desire is like, I mean, and he's made this clear and it's pretty obvious. His desire is to be the top paid wide receiver, but he knows that if, if he signs his deal before Michael Thomas signs his deal, then he will be the top paid wide receiver. He'll be the guy who's the top paid wide receiver for like three days. Cause then Michael Thomas goes on top of him, right? I don't think Michael Thomas will ever go on top of him, but he, why, why do your deal until you see what Thomas's deal is? Mm. If they're going to give Thomas 19, then he comes in at 20 or whatever. So yeah, I, I do think that, uh, that's the way it's going to play out. And if it plays out that way, Julio Jones will be a happy camper. Uh, when you look at uh, what Julio Jones is doing, by the way, as I'm driving, this guy is right up my butt uh, on the, with his car, and I almost feel like put my brakes on and let them ram into the back of me, idiot. <laughs> I, I, I always, I'll always, I mean, I usually drive, I drive a big ass Yukon XL, but if like somebody gets up on my tail, I'm, I'm tapping the brakes. I'm, I'm giving, I'm like letting them. You know what I did? I'm letting yeah, them know. I did too. I slow down. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, but now if, so, me, if, idiot. if somebody does that to me, I'm going to get mad, by the way. But I mean, if I do it to somebody else, I'm well within my rights as a, as a, as a rage fueled driver out on the road. Right. Of course. <laughs> I would just raise my hand and go, where do you want, where do you think I'm going? There's a guy in front of me. I can't go. Now I'm going around him. All right. So anyway, back to, uh, Julio. Yes. He's going to get $20 million. So let me tell you something about Julio Jones that people don't know. Julio Jones is one of the best businessmen in the National Football League. Julio Jones travels to China on a regular basis to do business in China. Mm. Um, and he's got a ton of investments all over the country. Julio Jones would not show up at camp without any assurances that he's going to be the highest paid receiver in the league. Mm. Do you think that the Falcons are making the right move by signing Julio? I mean, clearly he's a great player, but he is a little bit older. He's the best receiver in the National Football League. They could do a deal where they structure it with three years, they could probably get out of it. Okay. He's the best receiver in the NFL. He averaged six yards per game more than any other receiver in the NFL. That tells you where his value is. You ask any cornerback who's the best, he's the best. So, yeah, they have to pay him. Uh, all right. What about uh, Matt Ryan? You sat down with Matt Ryan, I assume, for uh, – I didn't catch it. I've been very busy with, uh, you know – Camps and and uh, and polishing loafers, but I usually have H and, and playing Madden. Um, I usually have uh, HQ on. Has, has the has your interview with um, Matt Ryan aired on CBS Sports HQ, our twenty four seven streaming sports it, network that you can watch Pete on basically twenty four seven. Yes, it has, and it was actually a really good interview. It was very good. He was candid. You know, we talked about Dirk Cutter coming back. I mean, that's a that's a good relationship. They they like each other. They respect each other. And he doesn't have to start all over again. Mm. And he did say that, you know, he's learned a lot since they were together, and Dirk's learned a lot since they were together. And there's going to be, a, you know, little wrinkles in the offense from what it used to be. So uh, I think it's good. By the way, I had Calvin Ridley on camera as well. I think Calvin Ridley is going to be a star. And he's a much better player. At the end of practice, Julio Jones teaching Calvin Ridley, and he does it all the time. The relationship is very close. Now, they both went to Alabama, so there's something there. But he's taught him a bunch. He's a much better player now. And uh, I, I think Ridley's going to have a big year. Mm. Do you think, I mean, can this offense do what it did? Can it replicate anything close to the 2015 season when uh, Matt Ryan won MVP and they went to the Super Bowl? 
You know, his numbers last year were close to that, Will. They were secretly kind yeah, of better. Numbers- <laughs> they were a little bit better, like in yeah. some spots, yeah. Yeah, so yes, can he do it? Yes, they can have a big offensive uh, season. And, you know, one thing Dan Quinn did say to me is they want to run the ball better when they have to run the ball. That, that's They want to be more physical, which is why they made all the changes to that offensive line. But they haven't been physical when they need to be physical, and that's a concern ahead. So I think there's more of a push. Uh, to get the offensive line going. That's why they spent that money on that unit. That's why they drafted on that side. Uh, the right side could be all rookie with uh, Lindstrom and McGarry playing guard and tackle. Uh, but, yeah, I still think they're going to get explosive chunk plays in the, in the passing game. Is this the best team in the NFC South? I think it is. I mean, you clearly think it is because you think Drew Brees is in regression. <laughs> I, I, look, there's a lot of good quarterbacks. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if Drew Brees – at his age, he's 40, man. I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes a, the 11th best quarterback in the NFL next year. He's the third best quarterback in the NFL. Behind who? No, he's the fourth best quarterback in the NFL. Behind who? Behind Rodgers, Mahomes, Brady, whatever order you want to put him in, Brady, and then Breeze. I mean, he could be. He could finish as the second best. He, he was the second best quarterback by DYR, DYAR, which is... Uh, defensive yards above replacement, football outsiders metric, and by QBR, which is I'll go in. Look, I don't look. You know what? He's the fourth best quarterback in the league by uh, PPE, Pete Prisco's eyes. <laughs> it's like wins over Wilson. Wow, uh, I like PPE. No, look, I'm saying Breeze was number two by advanced metrics. I'm not saying that he wasn't great last year. I'm saying that at the end of last season, we saw some decline from Breeze. Um, that he looked like he was banged up and injured. Maybe he comes back out and throws for 5,000 yards. That wouldn't shock me. I'm just saying I would take the upside of a guy like Deshaun Watson over, over Drew Brees if I was making a bold prediction for this year. They're a different team now, the Saints. They have that, you know, they run the ball a little bit more. They play right. better defense, and that's why it's changed for him. If he has to go out and throw for 450 yards in a game to win, he can do it easily. He didn't look great in the playoffs. But the Falcons to me are the, but the Falcons to me are the best team. I don't think there's any question about that. All right, here's my division. Here's it's close. I think it's close, but they're the best team. Here's my concern with the Falcons is that they have a little bit of a stars and scrubs thing going on. And they have a lot of stars. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, uh, Devonta Freeman. Um, they got, you know, Alex Mack, Jake Matthews on the line, Calvin Ridley, you mentioned a potential star. Um, they're low. I, I don't think the offense is going to be a problem. I think the offense will put up points all season long. Defensively, they, you know, they have some, they have some, Transition at the cornerback position in the secondary as a whole. And I just worry that if like guys get hurt on defense again, they don't have the depth to make up for it. Is that a valid concern? Yes, that's a valid concern. That is definitely a valid concern. But, but, you know, look, when you get in a depth situation, you're going to have all kinds of problems. I mean, there's no question about that, uh, in every team. So yeah, I, I, but look, here's the thing. The biggest issue for the Atlanta Falcons is their pass rush? Mm. Can Pat McKinley get going? Can Vic Beasley get going? I, I mean, for me, those are the two biggest, most important people on that roster. They both have to get going, and so for me, that that's the biggest issue with them. Pat McKinley, by the way, down from two sixty eight to two fifty eight to try and improve his speed. Is he a breakout guy this year? I thought he was going to have a big year last year, and they did too, and it didn't quite work out that way. But uh, I think for them, I could see him getting double digits, 10 or 11 this year for sure. Interesting. 
Uh, all right, let's move on. Isaiah along. Oliver, Isaiah, by the way, Isaiah Oliver could be their breakout guy this year. Corner is going to take over as a starter. I think he could be their breakout guy. Do you, I mean, how how good can the defense be as a whole if Oliver and Takaris McKinley take a step forward? I mean, can this be a top 10 or top 5 defense? It could be a 12, you know, okay. top 12, I think. You know, they need, you know, they're going to play Casey, who played safety last year at the nickel corner. You get back Deion Jones, you get back Ricardo Allen, you get back Keanu Neal. I mean, that was the middle of the defense. They were decimated last year. Yep. Brady Jarrett needs help. They got they got him some help. They got Davidson from uh, from the Saints. You know, they they just picked up uh, Allen Bailey. They signed from the from the Chiefs. They got bigger up front. They got you know Hegeman's coming back. He was working at the UPS store. They told me up in Minnesota. Oh my! That, that was his job. He was working, and they brought him back. He had all those off the field issues, and now he's you know on last chance. Uh, uh, for him to, you know, maybe make a team, and he looks like he's in actual really good shape. So, yeah, they'll be better on defense. They can get the top twelve. I don't know if they'll be a dominant defense, but they can get top twelve. Um, worth noting when you talk about the Falcons too. Uh, adjusted games lost. Football Outsiders metric for how badly injuries affected them. They were only sixteenth overall, meaning they were just middle of the pack, average. That's not that's not crazy. Uh, but when you look at the breakdown, offensive versus defensive, they were twelfth in offense, so they were. Above, like they were lucky, you know, just not by much, but a little bit above average in terms of games lost by starters on offense. They're 25th in games lost by defensive players. So all the injuries really hit them on one side of the, one side of the field. And if, if they can flip that around, um, you know, you could certainly see them make a change there. You mentioned that you're going to Tampa, uh, in my concrete, uh, lock job Madden simulation. The Buccaneers went one thirteen and two, and uh, fired Bruce Arians after one season. Any chance that happens? Hell no! Your <laughs> simulation—you made that all up, so you got clicks. I, I I didn't. I promise. I we were. I will tell you this: you didn't make it up, and you played. If you played that game out, and you didn't make it up, then the Madden game needs to be revamped. Well, it, it, it predicted the Falcons to the Super Bowl a few years ago. Um, it uh, predicted the Jaguars to the. To the AFC Championship game, and this year it was Cowboys Browns as we covered. It's on the website, so I'll put it on Twitter. Um, Tom Brady retires. Pats go seven and nine. That's probably not going to happen. I mean, a lot of it doesn't happen. I didn't make any of it up. I mean, I, I let the season play out as it as it plays out, and then I just record the results. I, I will tell you this: for for the purposes of entertainment, I was rooting for a Cowboys Browns Super Bowl once I saw that they had both made the playoffs as top seed. So I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The, the the end results were very beneficial for me, uh, but I don't want to see Bruce Arians get fired after one year. I don't. I have no interest in that. What do you What do you think happens? In, Not uh, happening. What do you think happens in Tampa? Well, I mean, I I don't think they're going to make a playoff push or anything. Well, I think let, they're let, be better. Let, they, their defense has me, issues. Let me, they have let, major issues on defense. Let me rephrase that. What are you looking for when you get to Tampa? I want to see the young defensive players. I mean, they have a ton of young defensive players that got to play. I mean, you know, led by their linebacker, they drafted out of LSU. You know, he's, yep. he's got to be this, the focal point of the defense. But the secondary is an issue. they got a ton of young kids in that secondary. That's going to be a problem for them. Uh, and, you know, I think the offense is going to have to pick up the slack and play from behind. And, and that's always a problem with Jameis Winston because he turns the ball over. So I, I think they'll be really good on offense. I think they'll struggle on defense. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Devin White helps him a ton. If Levante David's playing at full speed, that's great. Uh, like Jason Pierre-Paul is not going to be ready to go. Where, where's their pass rush coming from? 
Uh, good luck with that. I mean, that's it. They don't have a pass rush. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to manufacture a pass rush. And when you manufacture a pass rush, that usually means you're blitzing. And when you're blitzing, that usually leaves guys on an island. And you'd like to see guys on an island that can, you know, play and show they can, you know, handle man coverage. Nobody there has shown that yet. So, for me, that's a concern for them. Yeah. uh, One of the things that, like – I know fantasy guys are hyped up about both OJ Howard and Chris Godwin. I get it. I mean, they're really talented. Um, OJ Howard's like the fourth tight end off the board. Do, you, you know, Bruce Arians for a while. He didn't really use tight ends in Arizona. He used Heath Miller pretty well in, in, in Pittsburgh. Do you think that he will utilize OJ Howard in his offense? Oh, I don't think there's any question. I mean, OJ Howard runs like a wide receiver. Sure. I mean, that guy's a freak. I think we only saw the tip of the iceberg on what he could do last year. And if you look at the end of the year, he's starting to really be productive. So, oh uh, yeah, I think he's gonna he's gonna throw the heck out of the football to OJ Howard. Should um should should Bucks fans be worried that it's not Bruce Arians calling plays that it's uh that's your boy Byron Leftwich? Byron Leftwich is going to be a hell of a coach of the NFL. I think last year he got a raw deal in Arizona because they didn't have any talent, and by the time he took over. Uh, guys were hurt. The offensive line was a disaster. They started three rookies at one point on the offensive line. Couldn't call plays. Didn't have any real go-to guy, you know, that can stretch the field. Now I think he's, you know, he's got weapons. And I think Byron Leftwich going to be a really good coach. Head uh, coach. Ooh, I like it. Uh, what about, what about in, uh, Jacksonville? You were there, um, I know that they played a video. I, I mean, I'm not going to say I went after you on, on HQ, but uh, you sounded really optimistic about Nick Foles, who is not a guy you have been optimistic about in the past, Pete. Oh, I wasn't optimistic about Nick Foles. I just said he's better than what they had. I, would, I wouldn't have signed him and paid him all that money. I never said that. Um, I just think when you look at what they had, it's a step in the right direction. He's going to be much better than Blake Bortles. Uh, and you know what? Him being in the locker room is big. I mean, I don't know if you saw my column from there, but I, I, you know, talked to a couple players about, and I knew a lot of the stories as it is, but that place was a disaster last year. And D.D. Westbrook went all in. And A.J. Boyer backed him up. I mean, it was a bad situation. Guys were playing for themselves. They got out of control. And when Calais Campbell tried to rein them all in, they disrespected him in a big way. It just, wow. It was a mess. So yeah, who, it was a bad situation. So who were the guys, who were the guys that were, and I, I, for, I haven't read it. I've been again. I, I will go read it right now as soon as I get done recording. This, as soon as we get done recording this, who are the guys that were causing the problems in Jacksonville? Are they still there? Has Tom Coughlin fixed it? I mean, that's supposed to be like the Marone Coughlin thing is discipline and unity and team players and all that. And, and it sounds like it kind of fell apart. Well, nobody named names, but I've heard some names. I mean, I heard you know Kelvin Smith, who's not there because he's on the reserve retired list, was, was a problem at times. I, you know. Tayshawn Gibson ran his mouth a lot, from what I was told. Mm. Um, yeah, so there were, you know, Fournette's never been a, a great guy in the locker room. T.J. Yeldon complained at every step of the way. I mean, there were there were guys that were there. Some of them aren't there anymore. Some of them still are there. But, you know, I mean, when you read the quote, if you find that story and read the quote from D.D. Westbrook, he basically lays them all out. I mean, it's just, and I knew the stories. I just, it was strange hearing it. And on camera, he said it. Mm. Strange hearing it. Uh, and then having a guy like A.J. Boya, a guy I respect greatly, um, back him up on it. So for me, it was a, it was a problem for that team last year. Are we sure that this, the, that this story is on the site? Yeah, it is, because I heard somebody saying something about it on the radio here before. Okay. Somewhere. 
Okay. Yeah, it's a, I mean, no one has probably got, like, uh, on our side, it's probably buried behind 10 smiles Tim Tebow had yesterday. Afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. 10 different ways. You probably wrote that. No, no. no you, Cook State, State really wrote that. Uh, they should have done a better headline for this. It's Inside Jaguars Camp. Colin, turning the page on an ugly 2018. Is that your headline? I don't want to insult your headline. No, I don't write that headline. Yeah, I know. Um, you still file in like a text doc, right? Yeah. Like, like you still file, right? Yeah. I'm old school, baby. I know. Yeah. I'm old school, baby. You've been doing this longer than I've been alive. Um, okay, let's uh, let's go to – oh, wait. Hold on. Before we get there, anything else? What do you think – did we talk about Jalen Ramsey already? Did we talk about his entrance? Did you like it or hate it? I liked it, and they didn't really mind it either. They've, they've hated a lot of stuff he's done in the past. That's not one of them. They hated him ripping all those quarterbacks at GQ because I, I, I've had conversations with people in that building that didn't like that one bit. They didn't mind this one, though. This mm. was fun. Okay. He's not getting paid this year. He knows it. He's just, you know, goofing around. Isn't it, isn't it, I think it's smart on Tom Coughlin's part and Dave Caldwell's part not to pay him because if you don't pay him, then he's going to come out crazy motivated and have a monster year. And really, like Jalen Ramsey didn't have a bad year last year. It just wasn't an all-pro, number one cornerback, set the world on fire season. And the Jaguars lost a bunch of games. I mean, if they, if they go ten and five, ten and six, people are talking about how Jalen Ramsey is the best cornerback in football. He will be the best cornerback, highest paid cornerback in the league. And he's the, to me, if you could pick one, he'd be the one right now. He didn't play to that last year, but he's the best cornerback in the league. Mm, okay. Um, and Gakwe going to play this year? They're going to say they're going to pay him. What's going to happen there? Yeah, he'll get paid. You know, I, just talking to people around it, and you know, know him and know that he look. He he initially wanted twenty two. They're not going to go there. They offered eighteen. And they said no. They'll get to night. They got to nineteen. They said no. He'll come down to twenty and he'll show up. The problem is they don't like negotiation when guys aren't in camp. That's a problem. Uh, but he's got to be there by August 5th or he loses the accrued season, right? And then uh, they want to make him happy. But they could be they could be real hardliners in this thing. They could tell him, look, nope, we're not going to give you a new deal. You play for your 2-2, and then we'll tag you if you have a great season. And, but, and so from his standpoint, you're never going to get that $16, $17 million back that you wouldn't get. So I think cooler heads will prevail. It'll be a four-year deal, roughly $20 million a year. Mm. Or so. Wow, that is a spicy deal. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and run through these NFC South position battles very quickly. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, 
invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account. Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. All right, so we already talked about the, the Falcons a little bit and talked about the, the Buccaneers. We mentioned the Buccaneers defensive backs. Is there anybody that, like, I mean, you know, we talk about Justin Evans at safety. They got Carlton Davis, the 2018 second-round pick. Fernand Hargraves, 2016 first-round pick. MJ Stewart, 2018 second-round pick. They drafted Mike Edwards in the third round this year. I mean, somebody's got to emerge, right? They've been pumping resources into the into the defensive back position. Is there anybody in your mind that, that could be a potential standout there? Well, Evans, but he's you know starting to camp hurt. That's not a good thing. But he's he's the guy to me. He's the one um, guy that can step up and and, and really be a factor uh, on their defense. I think he's a really good player. Um, and and you know, youth in the secondary isn't always a bad thing. It means you're fast. You know, the guys that have to bullseye on him is Hargraves. I mean, he hasn't lived up to the hype at all. No. And he needs to play better. He needs to play better for them. He does. Um, is there any chance that – I mean, he's going to be on the roster, right? He's not going to be like a cap casual or anything. Oh, right? no, he'll be on the roster. Okay. Uh, you never know, though. If he doesn't play well in the preseason, you never know. By the way, Jacksonville, two interesting things about their their secondary while we're talking secondaries. Yeah. The corners are all going to be – you know, they got Ramsey, Foyer, and Hayden, good three across the board. They have a little depth in the back behind them. That could be a concern. But they're starting two young safeties this year. And one of the guys I want to focus on, Ronnie Harrison, is going to be a big-time player for that. When he came out of Alabama, I thought he was more of a box safety. He looked a little heavy-legged, thicker. He's leaned down, and they move him around, and he's a lot more active. And I, I think he's going to be a big-time uh, player for them. And they're, they're going to be better because the younger players are playing rather than Gibson and Church. Mm. Okay, I like it. Um, I like the idea of a hungry Jaguars defensive side of the field that is now uh, rid of the uh, the malcontents in there. What about uh, talk about the Falcons too? I wrote down their position battles for offensive line. How do you think this plays out? Because they actually spent um, a lot of money in free agency on the offensive line in Atlanta. You know, they go out and uh, and uh, and and pay James Carpenter. And they, you know, but they drafted Jamon Brown. Yeah, Jamon Brown. Yeah, I was I, I was drawing a blank on it. They paid those guys, uh, but then they drafted Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry. Did you get the sense from people in, in in Atlanta that the rookies will be ready to start day one, or do they want to bring them along more slowly? Lindstrom will be a definite day one starter, right okay. guard. I think left guard's going to come down to Carpenter and Jamon Brown, and then I think right tackle will come down between Tyson Brylo and uh, and McGarry. And McGarry walked by me. He is a massive man. Really? His, his, oh, man, all the way from top to bottom. But, he's, you know, he's got a ways. The speed of the game might be a problem with him, although some of the people told me he's very athletic for a guy that size. So, uh, But I think it'll probably be the way the season might open up. It might be Mack at center, Matthews at left tackle, Sombrilo at right tackle, and Carpenter at left guard and Lindstrom at right guard. It's pretty but good. then as it plays out, McGarry will, McGarry will eventually take that right tackle job, I think. So ideally for them, like, 
Sombrello plays well enough that they don't have to worry about McGarry playing in, in year one. I mean, I mean that's best case, right? I mean, but I think he play. I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Sombrello can play that well. I think it's, I think McGarry will be the right tackle sooner rather than later. Okay, uh, in Carolina, it's kind of hard to pinpoint like a great position battle per se. I'm really more interested in your thoughts uh, now that they got Brian Burns signed and under contract. 2019 uh, first round pick, of course. They have Bruce Irvin in there. They got Don Terry Poe. They picked up Gerald McCoy w- when he was cut. Vernon Butler, the 2016 first round pick, is there. Uh, potential ca- casualty? I don't think they picked up his fifth round option, but I guess he's too cheap to do that. Kawan Short, of course, on the interior. How? This is not so much a position battle question as it is just a general question. How? What do you think this defense looks like? Because it's a it's a weird setup, Pete. This is never like. Ron Rivera has done the 3-4 thing in San Diego when he took over for Wade Phillips and the Chargers before he got the Panthers job. But he's always been a 4-3 guy. This feels like a really hybrid thing, and I'm very intrigued to see what it looks like. Yeah, but you know what, though? There is no such thing as a 3-4 and a 4-3 anymore. You're in the nickel 70, almost 70% of the time. So, you know, if you have six guys up front, you know, whatever way you play them, you play them. There's no 3-4-4-3 anymore. Now, some guys fit certain defenses better. Um, you know, and, and you know, if you're going to play with power ends and that three, four, you know, the old traditional way that certain guys fit that, but you can move guys around and rotate them in and out that, you know, it, it, it's not that big a deal anymore. No, no, so for no, me, yeah, that's, no, that's, uh, that's, that's, I, I think when they talk about going to a three, four, it's more standing one guy up and just, you know, playing different looks with him. I don't, it's not, they're not going to a traditional three, four. Okay. All right. Let me rephrase this. And I, I don't think they're going to a traditional three, four either. What do you think? When the Panthers, what do you think that the closest thing the Panthers quote, quote unquote base personnel will look like? Is it Don Terry Poe, Gerald McCoy, Kawan Short, uh, three, you know, defensive linemen right there and Bruce Irvin, Brian Burns and hell, I don't know, Shaq Thompson wandering around? Like what, like what does the base personnel look like when Ron Rivera unveils it in week one? It'll be interesting. Where, who's playing inside linebacker if they're in a three four? Shaq Thompson and Tweet Keekly? I would assume so, right? Not I mean, very big. No. Not very big. No. No, not at all. Well, I mean, and again, they, that is, has changed. Back in the day when you played a 3-4, you needed a big power linebacker. Look at the old giant 3-4 defenses. Those guys were monsters in the middle. You know, Pepper Johnson and and, and, and guys like that. Gary Reasons, even. They were big. Um, but now it's morphed into a speed game, so you don't really need to play the traditional 3-4, which is why there is no traditional 3-4 anymore. It's it's six guys, period. Whatever way you want to move them around and shake them up, six guys. So when you play that front, who's going to be in the middle on, uh, as a linebacker? Well, if you if you got four defensive linemen, nobody's going to be in the middle. you got two. Yeah. So I, I just think that they're going to – it's like in Atlanta. Pat McKinley is going to stand up some this year. But he's not, they're not playing a 3-4. But when they're in that scheme, it might look like that. Hmm. It, all right, it's interesting. I mean, I, I just think I just think it's I'm just fascinated to see how this whole thing plays out because that to me that's one of the big sort of under the radar stories in, in terms of what Carolina will look like. Uh, one more thing on on Tampa Bay. Sorry, I'm kind of bouncing around here, I, I'm jerking you around on Tampa Bay. But uh, what do you think the uh, the running back situation looks like there? Do they do you think Bruce Arians buys in to Ronald Jones? And maybe this is a better question to answer once you get down into Tampa Bay and talk to people. Yeah. I think Ronald, you know, last year they were buying into Ronald Jones and it didn't work out. I mean, I, I remember being there in training camp and they were raving about Ronald Jones. It just didn't work out. Sometimes once the guy gets on the field, his head slows down a little bit and he doesn't pick up things. Uh, but, you know, he looks like he's in great shape. He's 
out. He looks faster, leaner, uh, and Arians likes to throw to his back. So for me, I, I think it's a big opportunity for Ronald Jones. I, I don't think he's going to become a guy that gets, you know, 25 touches a game, but 20 maybe. I, I think he gets 20 touches. Okay. Um, and uh, then finally in New Orleans, when we talk about the NFC uh, camp battles here, Marshawn Lattimore and Eli Apple, the likely outside cornerback starters, uh, how do you think who who wins the job on on the interior at the, in the slot? Is it Patrick Robinson, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, um, or uh, who who but rookie cornerback or uh, Saquon Hampton, the 177th overall pick in the 2019 draft? I think Patrick Robinson will be the, the, the in there, but I love Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I think he's the perfect kind of defensive back for the current game. He can play safety as a cover safety, but he can drop down and play that slot corner. He's done both of them, by the way, in college. So I think Robinson does start there. I think Robinson's a good player at times for that. He's a, he's a guy that can – he's long, he's athletic, and uh, he makes plays. So for me, uh, I think Robinson will start at the next one. What unit finishes ranked higher in yards, either for or against, the offense or the defense in New Orleans? Oh, the Saints will have – the offense is better. Okay. You don't the think, offense is much better. The defense looks really good, man. I mean, like – I mean, well, like, but they don't have Rankins, though. Yeah. That's a concern. That's true. If Rankins and who's is, the other pass rusher? I mean, they need Davenport to have a big year. This has got to be a big year for Davenport. Mm, yeah, that's a good call. Is I mean, Rankins sounds like he's supposed to be ready for the regular season, maybe? I mean, he's on the pod. Yeah, good. I don't, I don't buy that. Okay. I don't buy that. Yeah, no, if he's missing, that's a big problem. Cause then, but, you know, you add Malcolm Brown, Davenport, Cameron Jordan. They got some juice there. Linebackers are all right. Yeah, and the linebackers, yeah, Davis played great last year. Yeah. Him, by the way, he was phenomenal. Klein's been a, a decent pickup from Carolina for cheap. And Alex Anzalone, 2017 third round pick. And then, the, I mean, the safeties are good. Marcus man. Williams needs to play, Marcus Williams needs to play better. After the disaster in Minnesota, his play stepped off, it dropped off a little bit last year. Yeah, he's still young though. I mean, um, Von Bell. Had yeah, he's a, got talent. Yeah. Is, uh, is Alvin, what do you think the split on Alvin Kamara and, um, Latavius Murray is going to be? Is it all like Kamara is the feature back or do they not think that that'll fly? Oh, he's the feature back. Latavius Murray is slow. They don't need a slow runner in their offense. I mean, Mark Ingram wasn't a burner either, but. Uh, the more carries Alvin Kamara gets, the better for that team. I, I don't, I don't buy that whole split the carries crap. Uh, if you're old and slow, you must go. A uh, a wise man once told me. I, I've heard that before. <laughs> I have heard that. Before. Um, one more uh, bit of news that popped out before we started recording that I just want to touch on because I think it is kind of get a little dicey in New York. Um, I should have led with this. My apologies, but you know it's. Monday show we recorded on Friday. Uh, Corey Coleman, former first round pick of the Browns, famously a, the Sashi guy that, that, that in the Carson Wentz trade uh, that they got. Uh, he tore his ACL for the Giants. Not a huge deal because I don't think they were expecting a ton out of Corey Coleman, but it came on the same day that Sterling Shepard fractured his finger. So now it, Coleman's done. Shepard's fighting to get ready for the regular season. Here's the wide receiver depth chart in New York for the Giants and Eli Manning slash Daniel Jones. Golden Tate, Cody Latimer, Russell Shepard, Benny Fowler, Alonzo Russell, Britton Golden, and, uh, Damari Scott and Reggie White Jr. How much, how much trouble are the Giants in after the wide receiver? They're missing the kid, Slayton. 
I miss Slayton. Who knows? Oh yeah, Darius. But he's Slayton. not working right. He's not working. Yeah, he's not working right now. He's still a fifth when round I was pick. there, phenomenal the day I was there a couple of months, a couple months ago. He can run. Hmm. He can flat out fly. I think he's got a chance to be a good player. But yeah, they. I mean, it's a concern. I mean, because they were counting on Coleman to be a, a contributor this year. Hmm. So yeah, that's a hit for them. But they're not any. Good. The Giants aren't any good. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're a, you know a year or two away from pushing for anything, which is why I think at some point this year Daniel Jones will play and should play. Hmm. And I think Eli Manning's been a phenomenal quarterback. I mean, you know, probably a Hall of Fame quarterback, but. At some point, because of where your team is, you got to get on with it. Play uh, Daniel Joe. All right, uh, I think that's uh, that covers us for the news, Pete, and for this show. Thanks for taking the time while you're driving. You could be listening to uh, you know an old. You could be listening to today's podcast with Brady Quinn, but instead you took the time to uh, to chat with us. It's always a pleasure. Have fun in Tampa, and uh, and you know what, Pete, you deserve you deserve a break. They're working you too hard. By the way, I cut off somebody when we were doing this thing, and he gave me a finger. <laughs> That's perfect. Thanks, buddy. All right. We'll be